BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833 833- 995 gold that's 833-995-GOLD, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Go time here on the Clay and Buck Show, everybody. Welcome in. Thanks for joining the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate your time, and we have a lot to discuss Uh, The situation in Ukraine, we'll talk about at bottom of the hour, a 370-foot Russian landing ship uh, reportedly blown up by a Ukrainian missile. And there's also on the front page of the Wall Street Journal an assessment from NATO about how many Russian troops have been lost. This conflict is uh, really escalating. We'll have Bridge Colby, formerly of the Pentagon under Trump, to talk to us about that. Senator Marsha Blackburn, who had, I think, the single most memorable and now viral moment of questioning of uh, Katanji Brown Jackson, the Supreme Court nominee, she'll be joining us during the uh, second hour of the program. And then because of New York City's change in the vaccine mandate situation, which we're going to dive into here with Clay in a moment, touches on the sports world a lot, too. Uh, Our buddy Joe Borelli, the city councilman from Staten Island, the sage of Staten Island, as I call him, is a great guy. He'll be joining us third hour talking about NYC and how not just New York City, but also the Biden regime is trying to message and position with the end of the covid vaccine and mask mandates for now. Remember, it is always temporary. And with that in mind, wanted to start off with. Ten airline CEOs, 10 airline CEOs have written a letter to Joe Biden, specifically citing the drop in cases and the different period of time now with regard to the uh, the covid situation and how there needs to be an end in April 18th, I think, is when it expires. The interstate travel based vaccine i'm sorry mask mandate for interstate travel so amtrak planes you name it 10 airline ceos are coming out to say have written this and signed their names to this letter to the biden regime clay they're saying look we're in a different place now they had i mean there's just some fascinating parts of this 
they had over 6,000 unruly passenger incidents last year. Over 70% of those are mask issues, meaning passengers who get agitated about this. And I just want to put out there, there are two aspects of this policy that have always just shown us how stupid it is. One is, it is not a mask-up policy. It is officially, and you hear this when the announcement comes out, a mask-up-between-bites policy. There's zero science to justify this. And then there's the filtration systems on the plane. Do you think the Biden administration will finally take its hand off the throat, off the face of the American people when it comes to flying? Well, so let's break this down for everybody. Remember, this was set to expire on March the 18th, and then the Biden administration extended it for at least another month. So it goes till April 18th now. And I think a lot of the CEOs from the airlines, remember the Southwest uh, CEO and the American Airlines CEO, under oath in Congress, testified that their uh, filtration systems rendered it far safer to be on an airplane, for instance, than almost anywhere else that you could be. And I think this is significant, Buck, because I just want to run through the, the 10 different airline CEOs, Alaska Airlines, American Airlines, Atlas Air Worldwide, Delta, FedEx. Obviously, FedEx has, I think, more planes than anybody in the world uh, for the package deliveries. Hawaiian Airlines, JetBlue Airways, Southwest Airlines, United uh, UPS, and then someone from Airlines for America. So this is about as extensive. If you fly on a, a, a domestic air travel in the United States, the CEO of your airline probably that you are flying most frequently came out and said, this is a mindless, it doesn't make any sense. They wrote a direct letter uh, to uh, Biden, and they laid out the fact that the data, I mean, again, I know the Democrats claim to be the party of science, but they have all different sorts of protocols, and they basically just laid all the data out of why they are completely unnecessary uh, as it pertains to mask mandates going forward. Now, here's the question, Buck. Will Joe Biden... Uh, as we get prepared for this April 18th date, because he already extended it for a month on March 18th, will this have impact? Because I'll tell you this, when we wrote about it at OutKick, the site traffic on this is monumentally massive because lots of places, frankly, aren't going to cover this, right? This should be, to me, you tell me if you think I'm wrong on this, I don't understand how this isn't front-page news if you're just being honest about what news is. For the New York Times, for the Washington Post, I don't know how it's not being covered by CNN and MSNBC. To get 10 airline CEOs to all write a letter to the president laying out why there's no basis whatsoever to justify a mask mandate. And here's the other thing I would say. I'd call on these CEOs to rescind all of the bans of the people that were banned over mask mandates. Uh, Because, look... You talked about 70% of them, uh, of the of the airline issues. You know, Buck, you travel. It's high stress. A lot of times you got a kid with you. You're worried about making your flight. You're probably trying to get somewhere on time. And then a flight attendant comes by and is sort of constantly chirping at you about make sure your mask is above your nose. And you can moron. see you can see why people... Uh, every now and then chirp back, and then those conversations accelerate where both sides get angry, right? I mean, this it's was easy also, to see how this happens. Yeah, this is also how you knew 
that Fauci was a fraud very early on because to say that masks keep you safe on a plane where the air is cleaner than effectively anywhere else when it comes to viruses because of the systems they have on the plane. No one disputes that science. Let's be clear. No one says that the airline CEOs don't know what they're talking about when it comes to the air filtration systems on their planes. So that's not in dispute. But beyond that, as I said, the mask between bites policy meant that there was always an arbitrary and capricious nature of the enforcement of this. Yes. It was, did the airline attendant happen? And by the way, I know we have airline attendants who listen to us, and they're great patriots, they're awesome people. I'm not talking about you. If you were one of the people who were like, sir, look, would you mind? Because, you know, other passengers might flip out. There were those people, and I experienced that, and I get it. They want to keep their jobs. They don't want, they didn't want complaints about them, right? About the airline attendant not enforcing it. But then there were the people. I mean, I will never forget. I had a, I had a male airline attendant tell me my mask look, and he yelled at me. Your mask is too thin, sir. Put on a different mask. And I'm looking at this guy. I was like, "You are a true moron and a fascist." Do you realize that? I wish I had said that, but they would have kicked me off the plane. Um, th- this this shows us how stupid it was the whole time, and and I think it's important, Clay, and it should be a bigger news story. And I'm glad that Outkick Outkick.com. I'm yeah. glad that OutKick is doing uh, good, tra- huge traffic on it because people need to know we need normal now. We, yes. we, we don't need the continuation. This is the ver- this is like the frisking of of Granny from Oklahoma in her wheelchair as a possible suicide bomber risk on the airplane. Remember that we used to, we saw those videos. You know, this is the equivalent policy of making you know veterans. Uh, you know, strip down and, and have the TSA, you know, imbecile checking to see if, if a, you know, a veteran's uh, prosthetic is maybe, you know, maybe smuggling a weapon onto the plane. This is crazy. And we ha- it was never smart. It was never rational. It was never reasonable. And the Biden administration, this is a really interesting moment, Clay, because what are, how are they going to say the science is with them on this? Like, what is the argument even? There is. It, it's a it, it's a great question. And I don't know how they respond to this. I mean, I understand Biden's overseas right now uh, with NATO, but I hope that there are White House media that will hold him accountable and ask him, given the science, you claim that you are the party of science. There's no way. I mean, again, I think this is wildly significant that all 10 CEOs have signed this letter together. And the reason why I think they're doing it together is it makes it harder to argue and pick and pull apart one of them or the other of them. And remember, Buck, uh, we got to give credit. There are uh, a lot of different airline pilots now who have filed a lawsuit uh, arguing that the CDC doesn't have the authority to continue to implement this policy as it pertains to uh, air travel. And also, I think it's significant that the Senate by a 57 to 40 margin, if I'm not uh, mistaken, which is given where we are at 50-50 era where there's almost no bipartisanship. Remember, Mitt Romney was the only imbecile who voted uh, against yep. the uh, a Republican who voted against uh, the mask mandate being lifted. This is pretty significant when you put all that together. And I wish that we could get a case accelerated to the Supreme Court because in the same way that they struck down the vaccine mandate as exceeding the authority of OSHA, I think there is an argument that after two years, the CDC has exceeded their authority to continue to roll 
this uh, this va- this mask mandate as it's being removed everywhere else. See, I I go back and forth because on the one hand, I I want the po- the stupid policies to end, right? I mean that that is there's an urgency to that, and and because uh, the the further we go to the the end destination here of actual normalcy, the harder it will be for them. Because they want to right now, they're preparing for next fall, and you know, and we already said they're going to say there's Florida no doubt doesn't take the virus seriously this summer because they're idiots and they act like no one can remember anything. Uh, I, I, we have to get to total normalcy now so that it makes it harder for the pendulum to swing back to lunacy. Fauci's not done, you know. There, there's going to be this whole effort, and I, I think that that's why the mask mandate on the planes is, is such an important fight for us to have. And I, I also think, uh, Clay, you know, we're, we're seeing more and more people recognize it's it's slow, but it is growing. What have, what were we made to do this whole time? I mean, wh- what is wrong with these Democrat politicians and the stupid things that they said? Because you know what I'm hearing? Oh, well, we learned a lot during the pandemic. A lot of things change. That wasn't their attitude even a few months ago. Oh, you're right. A few months ago, it was we got it all right. We, we knew exactly, you know, Fauci is a genius. Now you're starting to hear, yeah, there were some lessons learned. Oh, yeah, there were. Oh, yeah, there There's were. A, so how, how these things end is the point I was trying to make. I want them to end, but I also want them to end because people realize that they never should have happened in the first place. That's important. And also, don't allow this to be one of those things where you swing back and forth, right? When we end the mask mandate on airplanes... I want to drive it into the ground so that it never comes back because the data tells us just just go ahead and 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 star this segment of the show in the summer the hotter it is in the south Florida in particular other parts of the south cases go up July and August is when covid has typically surged in Florida in Texas in Georgia in Tennessee all over the south because if you remember last year buck Right before football season, Fauci was like, oh, there's no way we're going to be able to play football season without cases skyrocketing. And then as the temperature starts to decline and people spend more time outside, guess what happens? COVID dries up in the south and it moves to the north where when it starts to get cold, everybody goes inside. It's so clear what's going to happen and what's happened the past two years is every time this occurs, Oh, the reason why this is happening is because Florida doesn't take COVID seriously enough. Ron DeSantis is killing everyone. It may even be more aggressive this year, Buck, because it's an election year and the governorship is up in Florida. So they may even try to sell that crap even harder this year than they have in the past two years. They'll do everything that they can to make it seem like the best governor when it comes to record fact and reality in America uh, during the pandemic. Ron DeSantis of Florida is the worst He's awful. Yes. Everyone died in Florida. Don't you realize? No, it turned out that's not the case. In fact, everyone... We survived the winter of death. Everybody listening to us. Congratulations. Moving to Florida. Nobody's yeah. moving to uh, Los Angeles and San Francisco right now after the pandemic, given what they've seen. Anyway, we'll get into more of this, including the New York City change. Kyrie Irving, maybe he's going to drop 60 points in a home game soon, Clay. Oh, that's a, that's a sports reference for you. Well done. My pillow, friends, is a great great company with so many amazing products. I've been sleeping with a MyPillow for years now. I also love their slippers. I've actually got a pair right here with me as I do the radio show. The towel sets are phenomenal, but the Giza Dream sheets, I gotta tell you, 
these are the best sheets I've ever owned. I have multiple pairs. I just keep switching them out because this is all I want to sleep on. The sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. Ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. They've got a luxurious finish. A lot of color styles and sizes are available. Right now, the Giza Dream sheets are at the lowest price ever offered. Sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code Clay and Buck. All my pillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to mypillow.com, click on Radio Listener Specials to check out this flash sale on the Giza Dream sheets. With our promo, you'll also get a copy of Mike Lindell's book free with your purchase. Remember to use code Clay and Buck or call 800 792 That's 800-792-3269. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com news and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com news. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details welcome in clay travis buck sexton show rolling through the thursday edition of the show so far i don't think we've ever gotten the day of the show wrong buck but i every moment now then i have to pause for a second just make sure can, can, can i tell you real quick real quick clay i filled in for the great rush limbaugh at one point as a guest host and i'll never forget the first thing i say is well it's christmas eve everybody it was uh new year's eve <laughs> So I don't know if Allie remembers that, but I definitely did that. that. You said it wrong immediately too, or did Um, you even? I I let it. I let. I just got into the monologue, then I came back. I'm like, yeah. And by Christmas Eve, I meant New Year's Eve. Good talk. Good talk. Yeah. 
that's always one of those things where it's like just throws you off your uh, your your game immediately, uh, especially when you're you know a young guy and you're hosting like you were sitting in for uh, for Rush. It's such a big uh, accomplishment achievement to even be there, and then right off right out of the gate, you just uh, you just whiff on that. I always think it reminds me of golf, uh, which is a great sport that I'm not good at at all, but. Golf is such a great metaphor for life because every time you hit a bad shot, you have to take the medicine for your bad shot. Uh, and so uh, the Biden administration certainly has hit a lot of bad shots, and one of them is continuing this ridiculous airline uh, situation. And, Buck, we know, I hear from a lot of flight attendants, we got, we got airline pilots who are suing. Uh, a lot of flight attendants are completely over this, including one of our callers right now who is fired up uh, because his wife is an airline attendant. Uh, Rob in Charleston, South Carolina, what's your story? Hey, guys, I am so, so happy you guys are talking about this. I've been dealing with this for the past two years. My wife's been a flight attendant for 25 years now at a major airline. Every time I pick her up from the airport, she's in tears. She is physically and mentally exhausted. She can't breathe. She can't catch her breath. She has migraine headaches all the time, and it's due yeah. to lack of oxygen because she's in a mask now for 16, sometimes 17 hours a day. By the time she's in the airport, by the time she's working the flight and coming back, 16, 17 hours a day, and they're all done with it. And it is yeah. not her job to go around and be some mask informer Telling people to put their mask on all the time. Totally, that's, totally hear it. It's it's like they're running Rob a Milgram shock experiment, but with masks on everybody instead of you know little electric shocks to get them. It's crazy. Yeah, and and let me tell you, it, financially, it has impa- impacted my family because my wife doesn't. Hey, she doesn't want to work, and I don't blame her because yeah. this is it's been such nonsense. She's worked as little as possible because she doesn't want to physically feel. So awful, and she's right. All the time, and she's right. Thank you for the call. <laughs> Thanks for calling. I, I think it's underrated, uh, Buck. The vast majority, I really do believe this. The flight attendants don't want masks anymore. Uh, look, we got to tell you how to save some money right now. Inflation is soaring, approaching double digits. So many of you are looking for ways to save money. How about switch to Pure Talk? You can keep the same phone number and your same phone. You switch out a tiny SIM card. That's it, and you can immediately benefit from saving fifty or sixty dollars a month. You get access to unlimited talk, text, six gigs of data with Pure Talk for just $30 a month. How do you get it from your cell phone? Dial pound 250, say Pure Talk. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. You can switch over in less than 10 minutes. How do you do it? Get your phones in your hand. Dial pound 250 right now and say Pure Talk because Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Welcome back to the Clay and Buck Show. The war in Ukraine rages on, and Russia is taking heavy losses. There's also been a 370-foot-long troop transport ship that reportedly got hit with an anti-ship missile, and uh, no no word on casualties yet on the Russian side, but this, this war is not like anything we've seen in many decades um, we also have 100,000 refugees that the Biden administration from Ukraine that the Biden administration is now saying it will take in 100,000 refugees from this war into the United States. So in many ways, this war is going to affect us here at home. It already is. 
What's what's going on here? How's the Biden administration handling it? We've got Bridge Colby now with us, co-founder and principal of the Marathon Initiative, former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Strategy and Force Development and author of The Strategy of Denial, American Defense in an Age of Great Power Conflict. Bridge, great to have you back. Great to be with you. What are you seeing right now in terms of the... From a purely military, we'll get into the Biden response. He's over in Europe and all that in a moment, Bridge. But from a from a military assessment, you know, order of battle and how this is playing out perspective. How how is this going from the Russian perspective? How is this going the defense from the Ukrainian perspective based on perceptions and, and, and troop losses and everything? Sure. I mean, I think, as you said, it's, it's you know, the biggest war in the European continent since since the Second World War. And it has turned into something like a slugfest. I mean, I think a lot of us, including myself, have been surprised by how the Russians not only haven't done as, as well, it would at least seem at this point, although there's a lot there's reason to be skepticism about some of the war reporting. But they, they haven't done as sort of well as we would have expected in the beginning. Part of that seems like Probably because my guess is that it's from the top, from Putin. They try to sort of coup de grace, take out, you know, decapitate Zelensky, and the, whole, the, the the state would fall apart. And they've been surprised, as we all have, I think, by the ferocity and the vigor of the Ukrainians fighting for, for hearth and home, fighting for their own country. And that has really led to, and now they're kind of devolved into a slugfest, which is sort of the traditional Ru- Russian way of war is artillery, clear the place out, and just win by, by mass and saturation. That's where we seem to be going that said, the Russians, you know, they seem to have had, been having difficulty. There may be more difficulties coming out. They have been making some progress, particularly in the south. So I think the jury's sort of still out, and we don't see the Russians relenting at this point. So definitely too early for a victory lap. Bridge, uh, appreciate you coming on with us. I was reading NATO estimates of Russian casualties, particularly the dead. Uh, their report is pretty wide ranging in terms of its scope. They say between seven and 15,000 Russian soldiers are dead, around 40,000 or so wounded. How accurate do you think these estimates might be? And what sort of numbers would have to occur for Russian forces due to losses to decide not to continue their advance? Well, I mean, I think it's a pretty big range. It strikes me as plausible. I mean, this is high-intensity warfare. I mean, these are extremely lethal munitions that are being employed. And, and you know, we've seen the Russian forces. We've seen these reports of Russian general officers and senior field-grade officers get, get killed. So that it strikes me as in the right order of magnitude. I'd be surprised if it was substantially lower than 7,000. I mean, it's a real, a real, you know, beating on both sides. You know, I, there's a rule of thumb that maybe, you know, if a combat unit loses a third of its strength, it starts to fall apart. Um, I, I would be surprised to find the Russians just kind of give up and go home. It's possible. But, you know, the Russians, it appears that they're bringing forces from other theaters even more. They had 190,000 or so, I believe, to start. So, you know, if you're if you're talking 50,000 total casualties, you're, you're really running up against some significant numbers. So but it doesn't look like they're giving up giving up yet they're kind of going to their sort of familiar territory of just beating trying to beat ukraine's submission for probably a more partial victory than they they had hoped for at the beginning we're speaking of bridge colby co-founder and principal of the marathon initiative former deputy assistant secretary of defense for strategy bridge what does in your estimation as somebody who has looked at the uh, the assessments analysis that we do at the pentagon on a whole range of issues what do you think putin wants here 
What what is the end state that he thinks is achievable? Because it's it would be important for us to know this so that we could at least try diplomatically and through negotiation to get to that ceasefire and to the end of the conflict. But what do you think would be what Putin would finally stop the bullets and the bombs for? Well, I, I mean, I think that's the right way to think about it. It's probably variable. I mean, he probably was looking for something much bigger at the beginning and hoping that he could get it. it and, and, you know, the key is, is that the battlefield's going to determine a lot of this. And my partner, uh, you know, brilliant strategist and former Trump State Department official, Wes Mitchell, had a piece in Foreign Affairs laying out what this might look like, a kind of what he calls a fortified Ukrainian neutrality, which I think is kind of what, what we want Putin to be forced to accept uh, which is probably a sort of a, a neutrality like Finland or Austria traditionally had. So not NATO membership uh, is almost certainly going to be the case, but a very strong Ukrainian army, not demilitarization, which is probably what Putin wants. Because at this point, I bet the Russians are thinking, you know, this is going to be our first bite at the apple, or at least they're hoping. It's very bloody. We didn't do as well as we wanted to. We want to get as much as we can. We're going to lick our wounds and come back at it again in a few years. Might be what they're thinking. And we we don't want that to be an attractive option. We want Ukraine, I think Ukrainians, more importantly, want a strong, you know, sort of, uh, you know, hardy, powerful army that, that, that Putin's not going to be able to roll over or whoever Putin's successor is. So that's probably the trade space. And I think, you know, we should, you know, the Ukrainians want to fight, so we should encourage and supply them and, and you know, and make them capable of doing that. But also there's going to have to be a political solution, and we should not stand in the way in that. We should help the Ukrainians along that, along that path at where we can. Bridge, we're one month in uh, officially right now. How much longer does this go in your mind? If you were setting the range of how much longer the process, as we have seen it for the last month, is likely to continue, what to you makes sense? Well, I think there's a couple possibilities. I don't think the intensity of the, the first month can be sustained. I mean, we've seen reports that the Russians are running out of you know key munitions very quickly, and they're even using potentially hypersonic munitions, maybe even because they don't have enough of the normal kind. So it's going to take time even on, you know, with Russian industry to, to reconstitute, regenerate that. So what we could see is either, you know, a ceasefire of some kind would be the ideal on favorable terms for the Ukrainians. An alternative, though, might be a kind of protracted conflict where, you know, you might see a lull in the fighting for months or even a year and then and then a resurgence, uh, you know, a more intensified version of what we've seen in eastern Ukraine that would be a, a, a bad outcome, wouldn't be the worst outcome. But I think that's probably the, the space that we're looking at. Bridge, how do you assess the Biden administration response to this invasion? I mean, I feel like it's clear there was a failure in a sense that the invasion even happened. We didn't uh, outside right. forces powers weren't able to prevent that. But since the invasion has started, uh, are they what are they doing right? What are they doing wrong in this White House? Well, look, I think the fundamental thing, it is, and I, I don't think this is churlish. I think this is important. I mean, this is an epic failure of American policy and Western policy, presumably, and I think it's untoward to be sort of taking victory laps at, at this point in any respect. There are three million refugees, tens of thousands of people are dead. This was not the goal of American policy. It wasn't the Mer- goal of American policy under the last administration and not under this administration. This is a big failure. It's the largest war in Europe. And there's a very real chance of very serious escalation. We're not at the end of this path by a long stretch. Since the invasion, I think the administration does deserve credit in some areas. I mean, unlike some of my fellow Republicans, I do think we need to take seriously the fact that, or Democrats too, that you know Putin has a very large and sophisticated nuclear arsenal. It's larger and more sophisticated than ours. And the only thing standing between us and a Russian nuclear attack is Vladimir Putin's incentive structure. So the administration does deserve credit on that front. They have been, I think, behind the curve, again, before the invasion in supplying 
things like javelins and other really important military equipment. You know, I'd say the lesson here is not sanctions. It's not allied unity. What's stopping the Russians is Ukrainians fighting. What, you know, the title of my book, Strategy and Denial. This is the lesson is if you want to stop aggression, you got to be able to fight for it. It's not sanctions. It's not condemnations by the G7. Putin would be rolling all the way to the western border if that's all he faced, but he's not. He's facing these tough Ukrainians fighting for their country. Not fighting, by the way, for the rules-based international order. They're fighting for their country. They're fighting for a kind of popular nationalism. So great on them, and we should supply them. But, you know, I do think the administration could do more, you know, on, on supplying and moving quickly. But I also think they have been right not to push too far because, you know, look, the Russians are not Saddam Hussein's Iraq. They're not the Taliban. I mean, these guys can really hurt us. So we've got to be careful to thread that, that needle, uh, you know, and, and achieve our goals and help the Ukrainians without precipitating, frankly, World War III. Ridge Colby, The Strategy of Denial, American Defense in an Age of Great Power Conflict is his book. Highly recommend it to you. Bridge, great to have you, my friend. Thanks for joining. Great to be with you. Volatile stock markets and shaky world events are not good for your savings account, your portfolio. Not good for mine, man. It's been rough. If you're focused on the long-term value of the dollars that you've saved up, that you've saved for retirement, having a portion of your savings invested in gold is a good thing. It's a smart thing to do. I use the Oxford Gold Group for my gold purchases. They've made it so you can have real gold and silver delivered to your home. It's gold or silver you've purchased. Now you can easily take delivery and hold and store it safely. Same kind of thing can happen with your IRA or 401k. Real gold and silver into your retirement accounts. It's just a good idea. Take action. Remember, gold and silver traditionally hold their value, especially when markets decline or fail. The Oxford Gold Group is the industry leader in precious metals. Their prices are the lowest on the market. They'll beat any competitor's price on precious metals like gold. Get gold you can hold or get real gold in your IRA or 401k today. Call the Oxford Gold Group to request your free precious metals investment guide by dialing pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keywords gold IRA. Simply dial pound 250 and say the keywords gold IRA. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials, and earn four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest toothpaste, secret deodorant, Old Spice deodorant, or Gillette razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? 
It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Welcome back, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We're about to be joined by Senator Marsha Blackburn at the top of the next hour, who had clearly the most eye-opening interaction with Ketanji Brown-Jackson, uh, the judge who is uh, up for the Supreme Court seat to replace Justice Breyer. And if you missed that earlier this week, Marsha Blackburn asked a simple question, can you define a woman Listen to this. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? N- not in okay. this context. So I'm not a biologist. Of- I'm not a biologist, which is going to go viral. Now, this also was used by Judge Jackson to respond to a question about unborn babies. Uh, I'm not a biologist. I think is going to go viral, by the way, because... <laughs> Like, this is pretty crazy, but this is her tagline. Let's listen to this as well. No one suggests that a 20-week-old fetus can live independently outside the mother's womb, do they? I, I don't know. I mean, you need, the child will need to be fed, sheltered, and all the other essentials to sustain human life. Um, so there's no suggestion that after 20 weeks that a child can be, live independently, Correct. Senator, I'm I'm not a biologist. I haven't studied this. I don't know. I mean, th- this is amazing, by the way. I- I'm not a transportation expert, but I'm pretty sure that carjacking is a really bad thing. I mean, you know, I, I don't know how to build a car, Clay. I'm not a mechanic, but I oppose carjacking. This, the fact that this would be the fallback line. I'm not a biologist. You're asked to define a woman. All right. Men have penises, women have vaginas. I just gave you a pretty good. Sorry to, sorry to, to if, if you missed biology, that's a pretty easy answer, right? You don't have to be a biologist to know the difference between a man and a woman, and you don't have to be a biologist to have some sense, certainly, for a judge who understands and had to study as a law student and has had to look. I know the Roe v. Wade standard, right? I'm a lawyer. I had to learn it. I had to understand what the Supreme Court did. I just despise when we know that people are lying to us. I'm not a biologist is a lie, and it is brought to bear, Buck, because the Democratic Party is so enthralled right now in the grasp of the transgender, uh, what would you even call them, like the transgender army the transgender uh uh, interest group that they are terrified that they are terrified of saying something that could offend them this is why we have to have people google now you can google can men get pregnant and they will tell you yes there's a pregnant man emoji that you can get on your phone men can't have babies like this is crazy like we have to say fun you want to talk about biology 
I mean, these are fundamentally false scientific facts that aren't allowed to be said because they might offend someone who is likely to vote for you. The left, the Democrat Party, the activists pick these fights, by the way. this They, they like to do this thing now of, oh, well, while people are suffering in Ukraine, you're sitting here talking about how we refer to you as menstruating people instead of women. It's like that is... The worst kind of whataboutism and deflection. It's so obvious, but this is what they do. They picked these fights. They pushed for the trans swimmer, Leah Thomas, you know, for the NCAA to bend the knee. They made all this stuff happen. We are reacting to their madness. And, and, and this is, this is good going into a midterm. People need to know. They need to understand. This is not a fringe belief. This, when Katanji Brown Jackson, who's going to like, going to be on the Supreme Court here soon, when she refuses to define what a woman is, this shows the country that to be considered a left-wing intellectual person in public life in good standing with the Democrat Party, you must pretend you don't know what a woman and a man is. You must obey the final commandment from Orwell's 1984 that you reject the evidence of your eyes and ears. That is what is required of libs today. Buck, this Leah Thomas case, I was reading the Daily Wire, had an interview with um, with a, one of the female swimmers who was at the University of Kentucky. She said Leah Thomas came into the women's locker room and still has male genitalia. So you tell me, what person out there who has ever competed in athletics thinks it is appropriate for... Women who are in a locker room getting dressed to compete as swimmers naked and a dude walks in with male genitals because he identifies as a woman and changes in the locker room beside them. I mean, this is madness. This is also the point that I like to make about how it's always about courtesy and kindness. Courtesy and kindness should always be a guiding principle for everything that we do. But it can't be a one side. It's only, oh, certain people deserve courtesy and kindness. So do whatever they want. Bend to their policies, bend to their needs. Can you imagine, Clay, if you're the father of one of the girls in the in the locker room and there's the the Leah Thomas changing lock? I mean, if a guy walked in, that's to a that, crime to that locker room. In almost every jurisdiction, if a guy walks in and he is a, identifying as a man and he starts to get naked in a women's locker room, he gets arrested. That's a crime everywhere. And just to be clear now, whether it's at college age or even down to you know high school and junior high now, they do this. They, they have these policies in some schools. It's crazy. You, you're a bigot, they say, if you oppose this. These people, look, we say it all the time. We're not, we're not exaggerating, folks. The left has lost its mind. And this is just yes. one of the manifestations of lunacy. The people that think that triple masking alone in a park by themselves are being scientific also think that Leah Thomas should should be the NCAA swim champion. There's a direct correlation here. Think about that. It's a crime unless you tell people, oh, I'm identifying as a woman now? Like, how does that make sense that a naked man can be in a locker room with women because he identifies as a woman? Like, this does not make sense for anybody. We got Senator Marsha Blackburn up next with the big question she asked, what is a woman? Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. On the front lines of truth. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Now that spring is here, it's time to focus on self-care and revitalize your personal care routine. Now through March 26, head in store, shop for all your favorite personal care essentials and earn.
four times rewards points. Shop for items like Crest Toothpaste, Secret Deodorant, Old Spice Deodorant, or Gillette Razors. Offer expires March 26. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.